There's an advice column that I come across from time to time as I read the newspaper, and invariably someone writes in to complain about not getting their due. And usually, this has to do with money. Consider this from two Sundays ago. My daughter got married last month. My husband and I paid for the wedding. My daughter and son-in-law are not big spenders, and big, sorry, are not big earners. It was a lovely affair. My sister and her husband came with their two children. They are extremely wealthy, like flying on private jets to expensive vacation homes wealthy. We are not. I assumed they would give my daughter a generous cash gift to be used as an eventual down payment on a home. <laughs> Instead, they gave her a five-place setting from her gift registry that cost $500. I am hurt and angry about their lack of generosity. My mother thinks I should talk to my sister about this so it doesn't affect our relationship. Your thoughts? The gist of the response was, it's their money, and they can do what they want with it. And $500 is a generous gift, and it's really a shame that you don't see that. And my addition, if you want to affect your relationship with your sister, a surefire way to do that is to ask for a more generous gift. Pity the advice columnist. Pity the poor soul writing this note. Yes, poor soul. Because this is about her soul and our souls, as today's gospel reading makes clear. We have a choice to be rich towards ourselves or rich toward God. We have a choice, and our souls depend upon this choice that we make. To be rich towards self means to be like the aggrieved brother seeking Jesus' opinion about his inheritance so that we are to understand he can buy more material goods. It's like writing to the advice columnist to, a to ask him to affirm your sense of grievance when your daughter has received only a $500 wedding gift. In Jesus' words, this is greed. To be rich towards self means to be like the rich fool who forgets to thank God for the blessing of his abundant harvest, who doesn't think to pay the workers bonus wages out of this abundance, and who thinks he determines the fate of his soul the same way he controls the grain market, by hoarding supply for himself alone, which ultimately increases prices for the average person. It's like forgetting to say thank you for the $500 gift your daughter received because you are considering what could have been and then letting your greed control and harm your family relationships. But what does it mean to be rich toward God? We can be rich toward God in ways that have nothing to do with money. Absolutely true. I'm not denying that. But today's verses push us to think about money, whether we like it or not. To be rich toward God is not about storing our treasure for ourselves, as Jesus says, very clearly for ourselves, but about using our treasure wisely, prayerfully, 
with the gospel message in our hearts. Think of the disciples in the Acts of the Apostles. They have homes and businesses, and they use this treasure to offer hospitality to the apostles who are traveling to spread the gospel, and they share food and clothing with other disciples of Jesus who don't have enough. This is being rich toward God by being generous toward one another. Likewise, the Good Samaritan parable that we heard just a few weeks ago is about many things, including how we use our money. That's not something we always think about when we hear that parable. Because, because the Samaritan spends his money, he spends his money to help someone he doesn't know, who doesn't believe the same things he does about God, and yet who deserves mercy and care that costs money like all of us. To mix my parables, the Samaritan may have stored up treasures on earth, but he is also rich toward God because he is using those treasures to help another person. If you think words like abundance and treasure don't apply to you because you feel financially strapped, I get it. And actually, so does this gospel reading. Both the brother and the rich fool are stressed about their treasure, their finances. And money stress is real. Like when you can't seem to get out of credit card debt, when the drop in the stock market has wiped out your backstop for medical emergency, college tuition, or even a small down payment on a house, when your hourly wage is simply not enough to support your family, or when you've got sudden medical or vet bills. Money stress happens when you're rich or when you're not rich, when you just received a $500 gift or when you wish you'd received a $500 gift. It all feels real and true and yet can be and can be problematic. You can see how the brother and the rich fool let their stress about their treasure interfere with their relationship with God. And yet, without denying the reality of this stress, our text today implicitly asks us to figure out what we do with our resources once we've met our basic needs. We can seek more possessions, like Jesus thinks the brother will do. We can store up our treasure, as the rich fool does. Yes. Now, I can't tell you where your need ends and what Jesus calls your treasure begins. I cannot tell you if and how money stress interferes with your relationship with God or with others in your life, but I can encourage you to ask questions. Where is the line between what you need and what you desire? Where is the line between what you need and your abundance? Figuring out the answers involves discerning prayerfully the answers with God and with trusted individuals in your life. And it matters that we figure this out. It matters so that we can understand when and why we act like the rich fool in the parable who keeps all his grain to, for himself, or the young man who wants his inheritance so badly, or the mother who thinks her daughter didn't receive a good enough wedding present. It matters that we figure out how to be rich toward God by being rich toward those in need 
as the gospel teaches, rather than simply rich towards ourselves. It's no coincidence that the rich fool talks to his soul, because what we do with our money is about our souls. Certainly, it's one way that we live out the gospel teachings. We can't store up treasure as a way to comfort our souls, secure our souls, a place in heaven. And Jesus reminds the rich fool that when his life ends, indeed, that night, he can't take his grain with him when he dies. There are no storage facilities in heaven. His hoarding will have been in vain. And people who needed his grain may have gone hungry in vain as well. So how we live our lives, including how we spend and save our money, matters to God. As you pray on these questions about what it means to be rich toward God in your life, understand that what is true for individuals is also true for us as a church, because we do this too at St. Bartholomew's. Your vestry, your vestry committees, your staff, and I, as your interim rector, think about how to manage our treasure and how we can be rich toward God as a community. And we ask these same questions. Where does our need and our end and our abundance begin? How can we be rich toward God by being rich toward those in need? Do we carry a sense of money stress as a community? And how does that affect St. Bees in the world? Among so many other ways that we seek to be rich toward God at St. Bees, I want you to know one thing, that St. Bees currently gives away, and we will try to continue to do this, a full tithe. 10% of our budget goes to community partners who meet the spiritual and physical needs of those around them. I don't know another church that doesn't have an endowment that does this. When you hear of this happening, it's always a church with an endowment. We don't have an endowment, and yet we still tithe to those in need, giving away a full 10% to feed the hungry, provide showers to the homeless, help with rent payments, care for the housebound, seek institutional change to minimize the needs in the first place, share the gospel with high schoolers and college students, and so much more. To be rich toward God by being rich towards others is about our souls, including the soul of St. Bees. This isn't a stewardship sermon. Well, maybe just a little. Our stewardship season, which is also our season of gratitude, comes in a few months. Don't worry, it's coming up. It's when we ask you to be rich toward God with your financial resources by promising to give a percentage of your income to God's glory and God's work through St. B's, and we will ask for 2023. That's all I'm going to say. Yet even so, perhaps today is the day for you to start thinking about how St. B's figures in to how you seek to be rich toward God. So let us pray this day that God will guide us all, including St. Bees as a church, to be rich toward God by tending our souls and the souls and bodies of those around us 
in need, with the financial abundance of our lives, no matter how great or how small. Amen.